Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in the Cowboys podcast. This is Paul Catalina on the Believe Podcast Network. Dallas is number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Dallas and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, the NFL Scouting Combine wraps up in Indianapolis. Kyle Yeomans, DallasCowboys.com, the draft show, joins us to talk about everything Cowboys. Remember... If you like this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and Believe Podcast. Follow me at on Twitter at Paul Catalina and on Instagram at Paul Catalina 56 Like I said earlier, the NFL Scouting Combine wrapped up. In Indianapolis, Kyle Yeomans, the draft show DallasCowboys.com, was there all week long. And he joins us now for a breakdown of what the Cowboys could be looking for, some of their targets, and what the offseason could look like. Kyle Yeomans with us here on the Believe in the Cowboys podcast, Paul Catalina. Kyle is with DallasCowboys.com in the draft show. And just a little background, I taught Kyle everything he knows. So if in the middle of this interview, if I take him down a peg or two, I'm not being unprofessional. I'm just his radio daddy. So I have to take I have to take my place in that. But Kyle, how you doing, man? How was Indianapolis? It was outstanding, and of course, uh, always glad to talk to you again. And man, I've never heard it being put that way. That's the first time. I don't know if you say that behind my back or, or what, but that's the first time I've heard that term uh, over the course of my radio career. So that, that's interesting. I'll take it though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have. I only have a few. I only have a few, of you guys. So <laughs> you know, there, there, there's only a few that I can uh, that I can that I can say that about. So, um, but uh, you were in Indianapolis at the scouting combine. The Cowboys have the 17th pick in the first round, uh, and you got to see a lot of the guys that they might be interested in. Of course, even though you work there, and this is one of the funniest things in the world, you work there, you'll run across people all the time, your idea of who they're going to draft is only slightly higher than a normal person's, right? Yeah, it's a big calculated guess. Now, you can kind of say that about anybody except for Mm -hmm. those that are really in the the war room, just fully based on the fact that you, one, don't know how things are going to turn out whenever draft day comes around. And then also, two, you don't know when those wrenches are going to be thrown in by the coaching staff, by the front office, by the scouting department. There's three completely different legs to the way that this this drafting process really works with the Cowboys. And because the front office is a, a heavy role into it, because the coaching staff with Mike McCarthy and his first year is going to have a heavy role with it. And even with uh, the scouting department that's been there for a while, and Will McClay and, and, and all those underneath him, it, it, there's really three different pegs to this 
that even I don't even think people in the room really know exactly what's going to happen whenever the draft kind of comes up. But I think that's the fun part about it. You can speculate. You can look at the options. You can kind of go into it with a hypothesis of, hey, this is going to happen here, so this could happen there. But that's also just, once again, like you said, just a re- one really big educated guess. And it, it makes really uh, for good content all the way up until April. Yeah, it, it really does. Well, all right, so the way that I see it, the first round pick, and we'll get into some of the other things later on in the interview about you know where they could look in the later rounds, but I would think that the first round pick, and I know that, that this staff – Will McClay, Stephen Jones, really goes best player available, but best player available also based on need. You know, that that probably at 17 gives you maybe more need as opposed to best player available because then you get into kind of this hodgepodge of guys because between about 15 and 35, maybe 40 in the draft, there's not really much separation in the talent level on those guys. So the way I see it, you know, you can really look for a safety, a cornerback, Maybe if there's a stud tight end that that falls there, or defensive line. Am I am I right in that assessment of those four positions? Could could be where they they really look at seventeen. I 100 percent agree because if you get into the best player available conversation, then you're you're looking at wide receiver potentially being there just because of how top heavy and how deep this wide receiver class is. You're looking at maybe one of these very talented wideouts potentially falling to seventeen. Or maybe even offensive tackle if uh, if you're going purely based off of best player available. I mean, you look at some of the tackles in this draft, like a Tristan Wurfs out of Iowa who had a magnificent combine. Same thing with Makai Beckett out of Louisville. And Andrew Thomas has been one of the most talked about t- tackles uh, all year long out of Georgia. One of those three guys, he's a very good chance that he makes it all the way to 17. But like you said, I think it's really going to be based more off of need for the Cowboys. And you said cornerback, safety, tight end, and then defensive line, most notably probably going to look at a defensive tackle there, depending on uh, who's available. Now, I think you've got a better shot at picking up a corner than out of all of those. And I would probably say the least likely out of us is 100% tight end. I don't think a tight end will go in the first round this year. I really don't. I mean, there's some good tight ends that you're going to be able to get, like a Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue. Cole Komet is the top tight end on my board. He's out of Notre Dame, a junior who's 6'5", almost 6'6", 262, played baseball for a while for the Fighting Irish, and uh, was really impressive in his senior, in his junior year, rather. But uh, I, I think you could potentially wait on those guys, and you might have every tight end available at 51 if you wanted to wait on that position just because I don't think this is a, a draft that really kind of caters well to the tight end position. Now, with that being said, corner safety, you're going to get some of the top-tier talent out of those two positions because I think some wide receivers are going to go prior to 17, offensive tackle is going to go before 17, and then quarterback as well. Everybody's going to sell high on those quarterbacks up at the top of this draft. So I think overall you're looking at secondary first, and if you don't go secondary there, I think defensive tackle might be the most. Yeah, and so let's get into some of the secondary guys that you saw that, that have gone, that have been there, that you have seen, that might fit with the Cowboys do. Let's start with Xavier McKinney from Alabama. That's one I think that might be for a most Cowboys fans, Xavier McKinney or Grant Delpit, the kind of dream scenario, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's really been kind of from the beginning. Uh, talking about these guys, uh, both Delpit and McKinney, 
uh, being really kind of a go-to guy to look at when it comes to uh, the, the safety position. Now, they're the top two safeties on my board. Uh, McKinney had an, a, a pretty good combine. I mean, you, you look at what he ran in a 40 and he ran a 4.63. Uh, the vertical jump, he had a 36, and then you look at the broad jump, he was just over 122. So uh, just kind of a pedestrian combine for Xavier McKinney. But this is a guy who could play free safety. He could come up, play strong safety a little bit. He's not afraid to play downhill. He's got to be better in coverage. And I think that's the one thing that's a little bit of an issue when it comes to uh, Xavier McKinney, whereas for Grant Delpit, the, the one knock on his game, is he just doesn't tackle very well. He had 20 missed tackles uh, in his uh, junior year with LSU, even though they did win a national championship. He missed 20 tackles, missed 16 tackles in his 2018 season. So with two back-to-back years where you kind of have a little bit of an issue in terms of wrapping up and finishing off some plays, and so the fact that, that Grant Gopic kind of starts slipping down his boards a little bit might be uh, something that could help the Cowboys if they do like him. Uh, at that spot, but also uh, it could hurt him out, uh, hurt him if maybe they don't like the fact that there's a tackling issue that, of course, was a big issue for the Cowboys in 2019 <laughs> defensively as a whole. I mean, you talk about some of the guys uh, like uh, Jalen Smith and uh, Jeff Heath who had some issues in terms of wrapping up and, and potentially taking down ball carriers, but uh, they don't necessarily want to add to that. So right now I would probably say McKinney might be the better fit there, but I mean, there's some corners out there as well. C.J. Henderson out of Florida. I know you being a Florida State guy, probably don't hear, probably don't like hearing that too much. But I think C.J. Henderson would be a great fit at 17 for the Cowboys. Christian Fulton, who had a good combine corner out of LSU, I think he could be a fit there. But there's definitely some some different ways you could go. McKinney, Delta, those are two names you're going to hear all the way up until draft day, and really until the, the pick is made at 17, I think they're going to be in the conversation. Well, and secondary really is that big area of need, not just because it hasn't been that great over the years. You know, it, it, Byron Jones is going to walk. I mean, we, we've, we've heard about that now. It's going to happen. The only way that he comes back to the Cowboys, legitimately the only way is if free agency, you know, welcomes him and then spits him back out and says, ah, no, we don't want that. But he's going to get big money probably on the first day or two because he's a cornerback, mm-hmm. so he's gone. Anthony Brown's a free agent. Don't know what's going to happen with him. Plus, the safety position has just been bad. So, Kyle, they really, you know, even if it's not the first round, I mean, say it's say a stud defensive tackle falls to them, secondary in this draft has to be addressed. Absolutely. And you talk about stud defensive tackles that could fall to him. At 17, there's two guys that I would draft no matter what, pull the trigger on them because they fell in terms of defensive line. Now there's some other guys like a, a Jeffrey Okuda, who, by the way, is not going to fall out of the top five. Isaiah Simmons, who made himself a lot of money running the way that he did in the combine. There's some, some names up there that are the go-to franchise-changing type of picks. But in terms of the guys that realistically could fall, the two that I would take at defensive tackle for the Cowboys would be Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina, and then Derek Brown out of Alabama. But I think Brown's a top ten pick. I think Javon Kinlaw's going to be right up at the beginning uh, of the 10 through 20 picks. I think he's right up there as well. Uh, I think you've got to go safety here. There's some defensive tackle talent later in this draft, like a, a Joe Gallimore. 
out of Oklahoma, Ross Blacklock. For those of you uh, who are in the DFW area, you know Blacklock because he played at TCU for a couple of years. Uh, there's some different defensive tackles that are going to fall to 51 and be there whenever there's a chance to, to take a guy who's going to stuff a run in the middle of that defensive line, whereas for safety and corner, I think it's very top-heavy. You've got just a very few guys that's going to be up at the top there with a McKinney, a Delpit. Antoine Winfield Jr. is an interesting case out of Minnesota. A little bit of an undersized guy, of course, is that Antoine Winfield played 14 years in the league. He's a, a prospect that I think uh, could be there at 51, but I, the more and more I look at it, I think he's going to be uh, off the board by the time you get to the second round. So if you're going to want Winfield Jr., you may have to either trade back out of 17 or take him at 17. So there, there's definitely those, those secondary players that are going to be available. I think it's much more sparse in those positions that you move down the list. Of. Yeah, Winfield ran into the four fours, which for a safety is absolutely fantastic. And, Unreal. And re- really had some great, you know, when I watch guys, you know, they have great strides. He runs really well for a guy who's who's not particularly tall. You know, he's I mean, he's not short, but he's not, you know, he's he, he's not a guy, you know, like uh, Taylor Mays. He's pretty short. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty short. He's 5'8". And, okay. And, Hey, five eight's not short. It's average size. <laughs> Let's get that right. You, you average. Keep, you keep telling yourself that. So, not for a defensive player who's going to play down here and try and keep down a, a Derrick Henry coming out of the backfield. Yeah. All right. Listen, you 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 sell <laughs> short on the short guys. That's fine. On the average That's size. Cool. I'm sorry. Average size guys. Average size guys. <laughs> average normal height. I mean, I don't know what era it was average height. It might have been 1791, but it's still yeah, average. Yeah, it might have been 200 years ago, but that's okay. It was average at one point. At one point in, in history, they would have called you a giant. They'd be like, oh, my God, look at that guy. <laughs> We're going to put him in the front of the line of the battle. He's going to be the first one picked off. That's what you would have been in the lineup yep. of the battle. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to scare them with this, uh, you know, mongoloid here. And... <laughs> But you're in the first one shot. So people like me, average size, that's where we, we survive. <laughs> that's where well, we go. I, I appreciate you bringing, bringing us back into the, the early days of warfare yeah. to get that, that point across. Yeah. On this podcast, you're not just going to get random cowboys jibber jabber. I'll just tell you right now, <laughs> it's not going to. This is this is only the third episode, so I don't know where it's going to go from here, Kyle. That's true. I, you, you're you're building a, a brand at this moment. Kyle. Yeah, I like. Listen, I could try a lot of different things in the early going of this when we have very few listeners, just to see what <laughs> sticks to the wall. So I don't, you know, I have a lot of freedom at this point before they fire me and say, "Ah, you're too weird." But anyway, let's get back in. Let's get back into it. So uh, later in the draft so who are some guys that you saw that you think are fits for the Cowboys second round third round four I mean sixth seventh round is hard to like that's almost you draft any position in the sixth or seventh round because you're like oh I like that guy let's see if he yeah. can play here but the the second third fourth fifth rounds are that's where you find really the nucleus of your team and the worker bees of your team and sometimes some future stars a la Dak Prescott Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's where you make your money, on the back end of day two and in the early parts of day three. And we, we just kind of talked about how the safeties and the secondary are extremely important in the, the early rounds, especially the first round at 17. And uh, If you end up taking a, a secondary player corner or safety in that first round, I would probably lean corner. That means I'm going to go safety in the second round. I think you've either got – uh, you've got a chance to, to fill up a little bit of that back into the defense, maybe address the defensive line uh, in free agency now, some of the targets that 
uh, the Cowboys could go out and get what played for our best two way up in the year. I mean, with the, the draft coming uh, right before free agency, it, it kind of makes it a big guessing game as to how you're going to fill out your roster. But if you're going to go corner first, that means the second round is either going to be a safety or a defensive tackle. I mentioned some of those defensive tackle names like a Blacklock, a Gallimore. I mean, another guy that I failed to mention was uh, Justin Matabike out of Texas A&M. I mean, the guy's, uh, the guy's going to be a and a pass rusher for you in the middle of that defense. And I think overall he could be somebody that you look at 6-3-3-0-4, played, of course, in SEC West schedule, so he played up against some of the best offensive lineman in the country. He's a guy who could be there at 51 and you could take. But if we're going to go safety, and this is where it gets fun, I think Ashton Davis out of California, and he's a redshirt senior, six foot one, 195. He's a former walk-on at Cal. Worked his way up to a starting role, started the last two seasons at Cal, and was definitely one of the better safeties in the entire Pac-12. He was an all-Pac-12 uh, recommendation or recipient, excuse me, his senior year. So that's something that uh, you look for in a guy. Now, he's got some issues there. He doesn't necessarily look like one of those junkyard dogs you want to go after, at least uh, somebody in terms of a, a safety at the back end of the defense. He's got a little bit of room to grow. Another guy that could be there, too, though, is Kyle Douglas, small school guy, Division Two. Uh, out of Lenore Ryan University. Can you tell me where Lenore Ryan is? I believe it's in North Carolina, right? It is. It's in Hickory, North Carolina. Well it, done. Yes, that's I had a, a girl I went to high school with went to Lenore Ryan on the track scholarship, so that's the only reason I know. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. But, yeah, I mean, he would be the third ever draft pick out of Lenore Ryan. He would be, I think last year, in 20, or at least in 2019, there were 49 players from Division two schools in the NFL that made 53-man rosters. So it's very sparse to see a Division two player. Now, there's are some out there that made some ish, or made some noise, like an Adam Thielen from Minnesota, uh, one of which that won a Super Bowl ring. Tyree Kill was a Division two product. So these guys out there that make their noise, most notably for the Cowboys, how about their starting safety last year, Jeff Heath. And now I know Cowboys fans may not want to hear, hey, this is a guy who could be like Jeff Heath being a Division two product because there's a lot of hate for Jeffy, but I think Kyle Douglas, one of the most intriguing safeties in this entire draft, being a small school guy, he looks like he's playing against eight-year-olds on a film. He really does. He's pushing people around. He's making magnificent plays. Uh, had a couple interceptions, and he only played six games this past year. Uh, not necessarily any lingering issues. I mean, he jumped out of the building with one of the highest verticals. He had 43 inches. Uh, in the or 42 inches, rather, in the combine this past week. So uh, just so many intriguing things about Kyle Duggar. If he's there at 51, that's one of the guys that I'm high-fiving to try and grab. But moving forward from there, I mean, there's uh, a chance for you to take a wide receiver at, at, in the round, third round and fourth round. I think tight end is potentially available in, that, in those couple rounds. There's a couple tight ends there that you could take, like a Harrison Bryant, maybe a Jared Pinkney out of Vanderbilt, who kind of had a rough year, but still was a good measuring stick. Uh, Thaddeus Moss, who, of course, won a championship with LSU this past year, son of Randy Moss. I think he's going to be there uh, at the back end of day two and early day three. So there's wide receivers and tight ends that you could address some of the offensive needs in those third and fourth rounds. And then I think later on you've got to back, grab a backup quarterback and maybe even an offensive tackle. And then from then on out, like you said, Paul, last five, six, seven, 
that's when things get uh, kind of dicey and it's really just not a best player available. Who you like at that point. Uh, but at the same time, you got to have a plan moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you mentioned Thaddeus Moss. I think that they should try to draft Thaddeus Moss if he's available just because if he's genetically anything like his father, then when he plays the Cowboys, he'll kill them. It doesn't matter what happens <laughs> the other games in his career when he doesn't, but if he has any of that leftover angst about not being drafted by the Cowboys passed down from his father, maybe they can just eliminate that right off the bat. Just eliminate yeah, just going and, let's just go ahead and nix that. That way he, he doesn't have to play against the star. He wears the star on the side of the helmet, and that way we don't have to have that Moss kills the Cowboys uh, kind of conversation again because I know you and I and every other Cowboys fan in the world would not want to hear that one again. No, I don't. I, don't. I still have nightmares. But look, I'll tell you, this is a personal story about Randy Moss. Randy Moss has been on the fringe of my favorite teams my his entire career in that <laughs> – you know, he was supposed to be – he was at Florida State for a redshirt year. I mean, he was there. It was going to be him and Peter Warwick the next year and Ron Dugans and Lavernius Coles. That was going to be their four wide receivers. Now, granted, they won the national championship without him. But had he been there, I, I just – I can't even imagine what they could have done with Randy Moss, who got kicked out of Florida State for weed – which just makes me so mad. So mad. <laughs> so I mad. Tell it still bothers you, oh, even though a, they still won an national championship. And went to two of they went they went you know, they went my first three years. I mean they went to the, the BCS title game my first three years. I, I get it. I get it. They lost two of them, they won one. But if Randy Moss Randy Moss would have been there for all three of them. All there. Wow. And so and then he and Warwick I mean it would just been ridiculous. It would just been absolutely insane. But I digress. And then, of course, the Cowboys have a chance to draft him at 18. Was it 18? Because he was following because everybody thought he was a problem. And then, and then they didn't. And then every time he played the Cowboys, he just split them in two. Yeah. So. And what, well, the, the biggest thing with that is is it wasn't just the Cowboys that he split it to. No. I mean, you got to. He's a Hall of Fame, one of the one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver to ever play the game. So I completely agree, though. I mean, the fact that you could see another Moss running around at AT and T Stadium and just destroying you, no matter what team he's on. Let's go ahead and uh, let's try and make sure that doesn't I, happen. I don't care if it's a team they play once every like eight years, like the Jaguars or the Browns or the Lions. I, I, mean, I don't care. Just. Just do it, and then look. If he's not good in four years, you just let him go. But at least you like you end the curse, and that's 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 what I think. I you know maybe I mean it's it's not rational. It, you know it doesn't make sense, but I do think that you just do it. Just do it to get it to get the curse away. Uh, all right, so uh, free agency wise is going to affect the draft a lot now. And I've talked about this in the first two episodes of the podcast. Dak Prescott's not going anywhere. Amari Cooper, more than likely, not going anywhere. I just don't see that happening where those two guys walk. I do think Randall Cobb comes back. I just, I, I don't, I, you know, that's, that probably, you probably feel the same way. We don't know that's going to happen. It just seems like such a perfect fit for Randall Cobb to come back, and they could probably get him on, the money is probably there to, to make it happen. Outside of that, Robert Quinn could be gone. You know, all the defensive backs, Byron Jones probably gone. Jeff Heath could be gone. I know a lot of Cowboys fans would, you know, sing the praises of that. But at the end of the day, you still, it's a, the spot you've got to fill from a guy who's been pretty good for you. Not great, but he's been pretty good for you over the, over the long haul of his career. So what do you do if you're the Cowboys? That's why this draft is so important because free agency could literally gut them. 
Absolutely, and it's really tough with all of the big contracts that are kind of there and the ones that have kind of taken over the top-heavy part of this cap space. That's that's hurting you at this point. I mean, you're going to lose a guy uh, like a Byron Jones who's been a lockdown corner for you. Yes, Cowboys fans are upset because he doesn't have interceptions. Who cares? He's a guy who's a lockdown corner. Guys don't throw his direction because, really, they don't want to get their passes batted down. But I think, like you said, I think Dak is your guy. That's the number one priority. Jerry and Steven have said that all season long. He is the priority. Amari Cooper is that second priority. I think both of those guys come back. There's a small chance that Byron Jones could come back. And you said it earlier that the only way that he could is if he goes test the market, doesn't get what he thinks he could get, and then comes back to the Cowboys. I think it's more if they sign Dak Prescott, the CBA is not agreed on, and they franchise tag Amari, and they transition uh, Byron Jones, which is a possibility since it is the last year of the CBA, you can use the franchise and the transition tag. So both of those things could come into play, depending on the CBA. Jerry talked about that in his hour-long uh, beat writers interview on the bus up in Indianapolis this week, and he said that the the CBA is going to hurt you in the short term, but it's going to hurt help you in the long term. I mean, there's a chance for the cap space to grow and grow and grow over the next couple of years that could help depth-wise for the Cowboys. But right now, uh, it's really not going to help. And even if you do re-sign Byron Jones, that opens up or really closes down the conversation of bringing back Robert Quinn, uh, maybe even not bringing back Malik Collins. I mean, those are two guys that you would love to have back on your roster going into 2020. But uh, either one of those, it's going to be tough to, to make a decision on. I think... By whenever it's all said and done, I think I would rather have Robert Quinn and Malik Collins, along with Cooper and Prescott, back in a Cowboys uniform, go out, get a couple of secondary players in the draft, and then build elsewhere via uh, free agency. I mean, there's there's guys out there. I mean, uh, Eric Armstead, a guy out of San Francisco. I don't know if he's going to actually leave the 49ers or not or if they're going to do anything with him tag-wise. That's a guy you could potentially look at to replace a Robert Quinn if Robert Quinn doesn't come back. Uh, DJ Reader out of Houston, I, I think he's going to hit the open market. Uh, uh, Javon Hargrave out of uh, Pittsburgh. There's a lot of guys out there, uh, even some veteran guys like a haha Clinton Dix out of uh, out of Chicago. I mean, there's there's some of these free agents, veteran guys, guys who have been there before that are going to be open to to coming to the Cowboys. I mean, you saw what happened with Michael Bennett pretty quickly. I mean, I know that was a trade, but at the same time, it was it was a pretty easy transition. I think that's going to be easier with Mike McCarthy and company being at the helm, a team that's going to be able to actually develop players from the coaching staff and and i think there's options there you did mention randall cobb though and i agree i think randall cobb is coming back all the smoke uh, that we heard in terms of uh, indianapolis even in the opening press conference for mike mccarthy he's just such a big randall cobb guy thinks that randall cobb is uh, one of the better receivers in the nfl he talked about him over the week uh, in indianapolis both in his press conference and then uh, at the lunch table with a couple other writers as well. So it's it's kind of an intriguing thought to think, okay, maybe we don't have to go get a wide receiver in the third and fourth rounds because uh, Randall Cobb is going to be that guy for the Cowboys being the third guy behind a Michael Gallup and behind an Amari Cooper. But uh, I don't think that was necessarily the problem, the wide receivers last year. I know there were drops uh, and, and really one of the, the league leaders in drops as a team last year for the Cowboys. And so I know that was a slight issue, but overall I think you got to use free agency and the draft to really sure up the defense.
Absolutely. Kyle Yeomans, The Draft Show, DallasCowboys.com, and with us here on Believe in the Cowboys podcast. Kyle, thanks so much, man. We'll check in with you as we get closer to the draft. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Once again, thanks to Kyle Yeomans, DallasCowboys.com, The Draft Show. Always great stuff, and we'll check back in with Kyle later on towards the draft is maybe we get a better idea of what Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys are going to do when it comes to selecting their players in the 2020 NFL Draft in Las Vegas. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Believe in the Cowboys podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Please subscribe wherever you get podcasts and please rate us on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Catalina, at Paul Catalina 56 on Instagram. Give me your thoughts, comments, questions. We'll dive into them. Whenever you give them to me, this is the Believe in the Cowboys podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.